Hi, listeners. Welcome to the She Speaks Life podcast, a weekly encouragement where we share our God stories. I'm your host, Jamie Elizabeth, and I am so glad you are spending time with us today to listen. Hi, friends. Welcome to this week's episode where I have my guest, Karen DeArmond Gardner. Hi, Karen. Thanks for coming on here and sharing your story with us. Hi, Jamie. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, yeah. It's an honor. You know, Karen's testimony, she talks about the healing journey after being locked into a very abusive marriage for about 30 years. And I met Karen at a conference along with some other new friends, and we just share the same desire to encourage others through what we've experienced to show others that God is good and he will get us through the darkest times in life. So Karen, let's hear a little more about you and where your God story begins for you. Well, I'm going to start for today. I'm remarried to Tom Gardner Mm -hmm. and we've been married for a little over nine years and um, we have three adult children and five grandchildren and we own a private security company and so it's a little bit of a crazy time but it's just wonderful and so my journey started way back with my first marriage i met my first husband i'm going to call him guy just I'm not going to use his real name, but it's easier to not confuse the him with the ex-husband and the him of Tom or the him of God. So um, yes, we're going to keep it clear. Okay, Guy. So Guy is his name. (laughs) And we met the summer of 1974 after I had gone through three years of Bible college and I'd gone home to California and a friends introduced us and we got married after two and a half months. I know oh, you're wow. like, okay. yeah, like, yeah. yes, <laughs> not, waste any time. not waste any time. And, and I was clueless, 20 years old. And he was literally the first guy who just pursued me. Most of the time through my dating years, I was always interested in them and they weren't necessarily always interested in me. I didn't date a lot. And so with him, he just made it clear I was it. I was his special someone and that mm-hmm. he wanted to get to know me. Swept you off your feet. Swept me off my feet. And since this was new to me, I mean, I th- all through that summer, there were so many things that I thought was love because I really don't think I really understood what love was at all. Mm-hmm. And so my family liked him and he's very charismatic and funny and, you know, you liked being around him. And so once we got married in that summer, I didn't see the change, but I found out later from my brother that that they saw the change and that he shifted. The abuse in our marriage did not start right away. It was so covert that I didn't even recognize it. And it Mm -hmm. became an as a conditioning. He conditioned me on how I responded like, you know, if I got angry and I responded like, Karen, then, uh, you know, slam a door, you know, because you're angry and it feels good, you know, and, and then I I noticed through that time and only in looking back, how he conditioned me through the years and how he wanted me to respond and how through the years that I diminished and became less and less. Yeah. 
the manipulation was clear. Yeah, yeah, manipulation and control. But at the time, I could not see that. No, right. You're blinded by it all because it yes. becomes normal. You, you're yes. around it every day. That's your normal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. And since I'd never really been in a long-term relationship, I didn't, sure. you know, you just don't even understand it's, it truly is like the frog. A frog can be put into a pan of cool water. And if they wanted to, they could jump out with no problem. And they don't know that they need to jump out. And so as the mm -hmm. water warms up slowly, then they lose the ability to jump. Even when they still have time to jump, they lose the ability to do that until mm -hmm. then it's too late and they're cooked and they're gone. And that's the dynamic that happens through the years. Mm -hmm. We had kids after we'd been married for six years. So I was 27 and 28. My kids were very close together. Yeah. And so we were able to keep so much hidden. The physical violence happened really gradually and very rarely, and then increased over the time that we were together. And mm -hmm. you don't know when it happened. You don't know when that boiling point came. Mm -hmm. And I left after 30 years, four months and two days, the day after Christmas, 2004. And my 72 year old mother helped me escape from mm. that marriage. And our kids, of course, wow. were adults by that time. And mm -hmm. I have been out for 15 years and it's been 15 years of, of healing. Mm -hmm. Tom and I didn't meet until I had been single for five years. So back up a little bit to when I came to Texas, because I wasn't living in California any longer. We had moved and lived in his home state. And so when I came to Texas from there, I actually moved here in January of 2005. And that's a whole nother story. But when I came, the first thing I did was start reading books, buying books that would tell me what happened to me. And what I discovered is there were names, there were definitions, there were explanations for what happened. And I didn't think to look for a book at healing. I didn't even know there was such a thing as healing. Oh, wow. Yeah. You didn't even think of going to see somebody. Oh, like a counselor well, I did. I did. Okay. You know, my family, when I came to Texas, my whole family had moved here from California with the previous few months prior to me coming to Texas. And so they suggested that I get a counselor. So, you know, I found one, yeah. but I, I didn't have a lot of money and she yeah. was an intern. And the first thing she did was pray for my marriage. And I almost ran screaming out yeah. of her office like, no, don't you even dare pray to put this marriage back together. <laughs> like you yeah. can't do that. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think she sensed my, not Thanks. anxiety, yeah. the absolute yeah. terror that overwhelmed yeah. me. <laughs> right. And, right. So she was going through doing her normal counseling things. And then, you know, and I was taking it back to what I just came out of the abuse. And so she told me, she goes, write down everything that happened to you. Just bullet point it, just write it all out and don't tell stories, just bullet point. And so I did, and I took the tablet to her and I handed it to her and she read it. And I sure that I absolutely horrified her and she gave it back to me and just went on as if I hadn't shown her anything. 
and and yeah she didn't know what to do with that i don't i don't think she'd ever seen anything like that i didn't know anything about trauma counselors at that time i didn't even know there was such a thing um, as trauma counselors until a few years ago Mm -hmm. and so i i got a job and i started work and so i quit the counseling and i put on my mask and i went to work and pretend that i was this confident woman that was good at what she did and (laughs) and i put on my mask and i pretended it was the only way i could survive Mm -hmm. and then through the years you know i did get healing through the word and through reading the psalms and through going to church and through people that came around me through my family i did bits and bits and bits of healing but I think most of it has happened in the last five years. And I'm in process of writing a book and I'm writing the book that I needed when I came to Texas. I needed a book that says, here's what happened and here's how I started my healing journey. Because you just can't imagine that there is abundance on the other side of abuse. Mm -hmm. So your first steps then is just diving into the word, which we know God's Mm -hmm. the great physician Yes, (laughs) and and he's the medicine that we need always. So take us through the healing in the last five years. Well, Facebook is sometimes just an amazing tool. And on January 19th, it reminded me of a post that I had made 10 years earlier. And I talked about this being my fifth anniversary of being in Texas and and how it was so good to be healed and whole and when i laughed at that i thought i was nowhere close to being healed or whole at that mm-hmm. time but i thought i was and if for the time i was mm-hmm. healing is one of these things that happens over time our abuse no matter what kind of trauma that we have suffered or how long we've suffered it we all end up in the same place and the difference is the longer the trauma sometimes the longer the healing and of course we get determined how far we want to go god will not take us any further than we want to go in our healing if we say "Mm, i'm done he will lay off of us yeah because we have our choice right we have our choice and so i went through times where I really thought I was good. You couldn't see the shame on me. The shame had rolled off. You couldn't see it. What I didn't know is that it had internalized. There were parts of shame and fear that were so embedded in my life. I didn't know it wasn't me. I thought it's just the way I am. And mm, yeah, grew roots. Oh, yes. They end because there's tentacles. You can take off what's yeah. on the outside, but if you don't dig down into the root, and I didn't discover that until 2013 when I joined a group called Mending the Soul. And in 13 weeks of digging through my life and the abuse through childhood and then through my first marriage. And when I got to the shame chapter, because I thought, I don't have shame. And then as I started doing the homework on the shame chapter, I'm like, well, I have shame because it was embedded so deeply into my life. And that opened a door as God just started showing me all these places where shame and bits of fear were still hiding. Mm -hmm. And he started working on those. And at that time in 2013, I was married to Tom and we have an amazing marriage, but, but there were times of getting triggered where he would say something or do something so innocently. And then I would feel like I would lose my mind. Yeah. And I felt like, you know, he was 
just like my ex-husband and he's nowhere near like that at all. Right. Just because you had the roots still in there that you have yes. completely got rid of. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And triggers are meant to show us this is a place that's still tender. It yeah. just got bumped. It needs to be healed. And how mm -hmm. deep it is, is how deep God can go through and dig out and clean out whatever is infecting us in that trigger. And there were times when I go, oh, I've already done this. Why am I doing it again? Well, now I know that God will take us back to the same place because he wants to do a deeper and deeper healing because he will only go as far as we physically can handle. Mm, yeah. Think about if He's he so were gentle. real. Yeah. He is so gentle. Mm -hmm. And yeah. he is so gentle in that. And, and it's like someone going into an emergency room has been in a horrible accident. They don't fix everything all once. They get you stable. They take care of the ones that's a, the biggest threat and they will fix that. But sometimes doctors have to go back and do one surgery after another to fix something because you're body can only handle so much. Yeah. So much trauma, mm -hmm. so much trauma. And so when I started writing my book, as I had to do homework for part of doing a proposal is you have to find book comparables similar to yours to see how they're different. Mm -hmm. And as I was doing that homework last year, this time last year, I've discovered books that told me more things I didn't know, like trauma bonding and how your abuser comes in, love bombs you and pushes your boundaries. And, and when you react to him pushing your boundaries, then he'll come back and love bomb some more and tell you, you are the woman that God sent to me. You are amazing. And, and they listen to your stories. They learn your deep, dark secrets. And you feel like you have met your soulmate and what you're doing in those times and giving him ammunition that he will use against you for the rest of your life. Mm, wow. But you don't notice the red flags because he distracts you from them to remind you how wonderful you are. And so when I learned that and saw my whole two and a half months that we were dating and how he did that, I realized wow mm -hmm. there's a name for that love bombing mm -hmm. trauma bonding gaslighting yeah and things that i was taking the blame for i thought he chose me because i was broken hmm. he chose me because of who i love in jesus i was a jesus lover i believed in forgiveness i didn't believe in divorce i believed in second chances i believed in the bible and so all of those things when you put them together just cause you to stay trapped in the mm -hmm. abuse mm -hmm. because you think that this is what you're being the godly wife that God has called you to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what I wanted to go back to what made you finally mm -hmm. just decide that this is the day that I've had enough. Oh. I, I need to go. Yeah. I need to leave. Like for those that are listening, yeah. what was that like for you? So, you know, if somebody is going through that same abusive relationship or if they know somebody, if they are and they're listening, what is it that finally gave you that courage and strength to just say, this is the day enough is enough. Yeah, I, I call it two different things. The burning bed moment, 
which only fits if you're a little bit older generation who have seen the movie, or I call it the stick a fork in me, I'm done moment. Mm -hmm. And it's every woman has to come to that moment. And, and just so you know, it's not just this applies, even if you've never experienced physical abuse, this applies verbal and emotional abuse or are, are is what it's taken the longest to heal from. Physical bruises go away. That pain yeah. fades, but but it's the the emotional, yeah. verbal, and psychological abuse yeah. will can haunt you for the rest of your life. Can yes. doesn't have to. But right. so my my moment when I realized I was done, it was our last year. We had been separated for a short time around our 29th anniversary. And so when he got right with Jesus, I thought I was supposed to go back and I did. And so we were in this kind of a phase of where it was kind of the fairy tale time. Like he was, he seemed different. He was gentler, kinder. And so it looks like, you know, there's a, a real change here. Mm -hmm. And then in June of 2004, I had come home from work and I had I had been promoted after three months and then at six months they gave me this nice bonus. And so when I came home, he was standing at the sink and he was cleaning up the kitchen and I just walked up to him all excited because, hey, I just got a bonus, a nice big bonus. I'm so excited. And he never looked at me. He kept straight ahead and wouldn't acknowledge me. And I still remember standing there looking at him going, I am done. You are not worth this anymore. Yeah. You can't even celebrate me. I am so done. Mm -hmm. But it still took me six months to leave because fear, when you live in fear, it steals your love. Mm -hmm. You can't have love and fear in the same. They can't occupy. It's like putting two opposite ends of the magnet together. When you try to put them together, they go yeah. shooting apart and takes away your power mm -hmm. and your sound mind. And yeah. so when those three areas of your life are so impacted, it's hard to decide now, what do I do? How do I do this? Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't until September that I read a magazine article about abuse in a Christian women's magazine that said, this is not okay. And it was an interview with a law enforcement officer saying, this is not, abuse is not okay. And then it was still Christmas when my mom came for a visit. And while I made the decision to leave him, and I probably changed my mind a hundred times, and my mom did not push me. She did not say, oh, you should do this. I'll support you in whatever you do. But when I finally decided to do it, then we left. And it was the most terrifying moment of, of making that decision mm -hmm. to leave. But I was not alone. God sent me my redeemer. She was my Moses mm -hmm. to set me free from this captivity. Yeah. But it, it couldn't happen until I made the choice that I wanted to leave. And it's hard for women to make that decision because the trauma bonding is so strong and so powerful because they keep you tied to revolving around their world. So you put you aside, you become so diminished. You don't even think about you anymore. You yeah. only think about him and you don't even know how to stop it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So good. And then I know you talked before we hit the recording 
about how even scripture was changing on you while you're in the abuse. Mm -hmm. Do you want to shed a little insight on that, what you went through? Yes, I would. I'd be at church and I'd hear a message about don't give up. Don't give up on your prayers. Don't give up on your promise because it's right around the corner. Don't give up. And, and so in my mind, I would take that, oh, God is going to intervene in his life and he's going to be a different man. And, and so don't give up, keep praying harder, keep being a better wife. Cause if you're a better wife, he'll be a better man. Mm-hmm. And first Peter chapter three, I love Peter, but his advice to women in first Peter chapter three is a reminder about winning our husband's over to Jesus. You know, it's the stand by your man verses. And so if you do that, then he will be won over by, by how you behave. And then there's scriptures like after you've suffered a little while that God will restore support and strengthen you. And then if you would suffer for doing good and endure it patiently, then God is pleased with you. So I truly believed I was suffering for Jesus. I thought this was my lot in life and this is what I should be, you know, submitting to your husband. You have to respect your husband Mm -hmm. and then wives accept the authority of your husband. And so all of these scriptures, they're not talking about abuse. God has a lot to say about abuse in the Bible, but we never hear them. But my own mind, I wasn't even told these things, but my own mind, when I read scripture, the enemy would twist it to keep me trapped into this marriage. And there were a lot of other things besides that, that kept me trapped. But the scripture that... (laughs) Yeah, taking it out of context, the enemy was attacking you by twisting what the word says. Yes. And in yes. the midst of your abuse that you were in, you were in such mm-hmm. a deep well of darkness that even scripture was being twisted right before your eyes. Mm-hmm. Right. Great. And and then you add on top of that, that the one, few times, like one time when I tried to tell the pastor's wife, Mm-hmm. She thought I was complaining about my husband's because you're not supposed to complain about your husband's because how many books were written about that one? Yeah. And she shut me down. And so my audience are the women who have been silenced and muted whenever they've tried to tell someone at church, their pastor, pastor's wife, or someone in lay leadership that they're in abuse. They have been told that you just need, you need to pray more. You need to forgive him. You, you need to be a better wife because that's how he'll become a better man. And, oh, maybe you should have more sex. Oh, and you should lose 15 pounds. Oh, wow. And this is the same. I mean, I've heard this over and over and well, over. Well, because women, they're right? not considering this is an abusive marriage, right? It's like. No, they don't. They no. don't believe them. No, yeah. they don't. They don't want to believe them. So the and then if he, and, and yes. working it out with God and all that, that is all good. We're, that is like what we should be doing in our marriages. But with the abuse that is Mm-mm. that is going on. It's, that's a whole different situation. 
God does not it, want us wood. to stay being beaten up no. and, and emotionally no. abused. That's not no. a loving God, right? That is not no, a God it, that is telling us to stay. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. It is. It's where we're protecting the marriage over women and children. Yeah. And it's protect the covenant. But is there a covenant if he went into the marriage not who he said he was. Mm -hmm. If he went in as a sheep, but was really a wolf hiding right. beneath. And so is that really covenant? And I'm not an advocate of divorce. I've, I've watched people get a divorce over like the silliest things. Yeah. And after what I and, and other women have endured, and we have felt, you know, bound to this marriage and couldn't escape it. So it's not that, but this is not part of God's plan right. for our lives as women. It's mm -hmm. just not. And, and this does, there are some women, there are men that experience the same thing with women. And that may be hard to believe, but it's like one in seven men experience being married to an abusive woman. Wow. Yeah. And you can look around next time you're in church, just look around. Even if we go with the one in four number, you look around and one in four of those women have been abused or are currently being abused. Mm. So do you have something set up at your church where you have a group for those that are abused? Yeah, not at my church, Okay. though we've gone through quite a transition in our church. So part of what I do right now is God brings me women one by one mm -hmm. who, lo and behold, are currently in or have been in an abusive relationship. And then I facilitate Mending the Soul groups, mm -hmm. which are helpful, and then... I don't have a specific ministry because it's just not where God has me right now to right. be like, I have a ministry for this. It's just doing life and working on the book, which is under contract, but well, that's what yeah. he has me doing. Yeah. And that, and that book can help people and you can start doing groups and using that book to help mm -hmm. them and yeah. such great things just to help people get out of situations like that and mm -hmm. even if they're out of it just to bring healing making them whole again so mm -hmm. i know yes. it's not a battle you chose but <laughs> god's a, a victor yeah yes <laughs> and, and we've got victory in his name so so good yes. you're in well i want to thank you for coming on here and sharing your testimony and this is encouraging to many and those who may know people, what would be something you would tell that person who's trying to get out of a situation? First things first, grab somebody that can help you. Yes. The hardest thing is to break the silence, mm -hmm. which is why I, my website right now is called Crack the Silence. And my Facebook page is Crack the Silence. It is hard because shame and fear wants to keep us silent. But by breaking that silence, we actually loosen the hold of the enemy mm -hmm. and we give him less power. And so tell somebody. And if they start telling you to leave, 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 you tell them no, you, because you can't tell someone to leave. They have to want to do it. Yeah. They have to be ready. And pushing them will actually traumatize them more. Mm -hmm. But just tell that one person you don't yeah. have to give them gory. Just give one person. And they can reach out to you. Crack the silence. Yes. Oh, group. 
Yes, absolutely. And that page is public, so I, I wouldn't put a, a, anything really big on it. Private message. Right. Yeah. Pri you can private message on that page uh, because the page is public. And my site's very specific. It's not for everybody. And because again, my audience is very silent mm -hmm. and have been muted throughout their lives not to speak up. Yeah. Well, but it's time. You need to be an advocate for that. And that's, yes. that's where God's placed you. So living yeah. on purpose for a purpose. So. Yes. <laughs> and my, my hashtag for my book is that women are waiting because that's the promise that God has given me, that there are women waiting for this book, no matter when it gets published, whether yeah. next year or the year after, whenever, that there unfortunately will be women waiting for this book. So good, Karen. Well, I appreciate you and grateful that, you know, God has you where you are right now and mm -hmm. you've got a, a beautiful life. The outcome, you know, was great. Mm -hmm. And that's how he gets us through. You know, he promises to get us through. So yes. thanks for coming on here, Karen. And thanks for listening. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening today. I trust that God has encouraged you through this message. For more information on this ministry and to access free downloads, please visit my website at jamieelizabeth.com and sign up. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at Jamie Elizabeth She Speaks Life. That's J-A-Y-M-E Elizabeth she speaks life. Until next time, my friends, I pray God reveals himself through your own life story.